Morning, Far North Queensland. It's Carly and Seamus. And today marks the anniversary of losing Robin Williams. 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. We've come to this planet looking for intelligent life. Oops, we made a mistake. We're happy to be in America. Don't ask for a green card. Hello! <laughs> Hey, boss, give it a chance. She's going to loosen up any moment. And to help remember him, we caught up with Sonda Kroonquist, a comedian who worked with him. I worked with Robin Williams in the 90s, and it was at a place called Stand Up New York. And Carrie Hoffman, who managed Zach Galifianakis, used to call me at the last minute and tell, tell me in his Carrie Hoffman voice, oh, my God, Robin Williams is here. And we don't want to tell anybody, but he wants you to bring him on stage. And... I would bring Robin on stage in a way that was so unassuming the audience would go mad. They would go daft. They would go crazy. And, you know, I would do it as an aside, you know. I would say, um, you know, before we go, ladies and gentlemen, I have a friend that's stopping by. Let's give it up for my friend Robin Williams. And they were like, did she say Robin Williams? Did she Hmm. say Robin Williams? And at the time, I remember he was with his uh, wife, who was his second wife. It's interesting that you would call because I had spoken to someone by the name of Dr. Mark Goldston, who does a podcast, which does not come to mind right now, who had told me he had spoken with Robin's son and asked him, what were you doing the day that your dad had uh, left us? And he said, I canceled lunch on my dad. And I was like, why? So that was a deep story. And Robin was a very special friend at Stand Up New York. Yeah, I want to know, like, uh, watching him perform stand-up in some of those intimate clubs instead of the large arena kind of formats that we see on, on Netflix and whatnot, what was it like when he was just riffing with the audience and improvising uh, in front of everyone? What was it kind of, was it like electric, was it like watching fire? You know, he was a comic, I'm a comic. It was a fire watching the audience, and it was a fire of him having a rapport with people who would literally heckle and say, Juilliard, uh, Professor so-and-so, and he would join in with them and say, oh, that's right, that's right. And he would go from character to character sometimes, and, and of course there was that other sad situation where, you know, Robin would take your joke, <laughs> yeah, now Robin I'm... would take your joke, but you know, if you called his manager, he'd send a check for a hundred dollars. So what? you know, comics were happy. Yeah, I have heard of this happening before, uh, where he would accident, I assume, accidentally take a joke, and then he'd pay for it after. Did he ever take one of yours, or did you ever? Did you ever see this happening among you guys? You know something, I can tell you that whenever I hosted a show. I would give them the entire tape. So I couldn't even tell you that. I would make sure the manager also made sure that Robin had that entire tape. And I've heard that happened. And uh, listen, a lot of comedians wanted it to happen. They're broke. Mm. They're not making any money off it. Let Robin do it. Yeah, let Robin do it. Oh, my God. He did so many different characters. He was out of his mind. I loved him. He was so many different people. He was such a great guy. And. Oh, he would swear I wouldn't let him go to the bathroom like he was afraid of me. Oh, my goodness. She's so mean. She's so mean. She wanted to go to the bathroom. Oh, he was out of his mind and I loved him dearly. Since Robin's passed away, we have heard a lot of people come out of the woodwork with stories of him just being kind to people in airports, Mm. in, you know, shopping centres. Do you have any personal stories from him just being a wonderful human? 
I would say he was just a wonderful human in time, in terms of being a star and not being a diva. In, in terms of saying, okay, she asked me not to go to the bathroom, I won't go. Because, listen, he was going through a rough time. You know how it was. Uh, you know, a comic goes in the bathroom, you don't know if he's coming out. Forget about it. No, you'll go on after, go to the bathroom after you go on stage. I'd say it's better with a full bladder. And he was down to earth. He was so down to earth about it. He made fun, of course, but he was a regular guy. He was never a diva. Even when he made it, he still came home. And New York City, I will always feel this is home, you know. And let me tell you, when you say intimate, you're right about that. Because Stand Up New York was one of the smallest venues at uh, that time. Now it's even smaller, it's 78. It is no secret that Robin Williams did have his demons and he battled with them his whole life. Uh, and a lot of people think, you know, there's this really happy, really nice, loud performer that seems really happy. They've got their demons. So... Did you or any of the comedians kind of see that darker side? Was he hiding it? I would say that I've certainly heard stories where everybody was partying. And, you know, look, he's been in Studio 54. I'm not going to say that a lot of partying didn't go on there. But I think the demons were really came out because he was sick. You know, um, yeah. So what he did drugs, a lot of people did. A lot of people partied like rock stars. But. This depression that said, and I just think uh, this was a different type of demon. I think he didn't want to be sick. I just think he didn't want to be sick. And he had found out he was ill. And that was depressing for him to be sick. And uh, one thing I can think of is humble when it comes to a word. And kind to the wait staff. And that means a lot. It means a lot when you're kind to the wait staff and not being an asshole. And he was always very polite. Do you remember where you were when you heard about him passing away? How I remember the- exactly where I was. My girlfriend had just had open heart surgery and I screamed, oh my God, Robin Williams, you know, the rest. And she said, hurry up, you're going to have to get out of my room. She says, I just had open heart surgery. I lost it. I was so upset. Sonda, just quickly before we wrap this up, I feel like as a member of the public that grew up watching Robin Williams, we all felt a connection to him, but you actually knew him. What would be one of the more surprising things that members of the public wouldn't know about him that you knew because you knew him personally? I knew that he made fun of me behind my back. (laughs) (laughs) I knew he did impressions of my voice behind my back because people told me that he would make, he would impersonate me, uh, say no to him. And then I turn around, he wasn't doing it, and he would do something totally different. Like, he was like, but he was making fun of me. That's that's really an honor, though. Like, to hear Robin Williams do an impression of you. Did he do a good one? Yeah. Yes, never mind making fun of my name all the time, but when you have a name like Thunder Kroonquist, you know, Robin Williams can make fun of that. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing these stories with us. They've just been so amazing Mm. to hear, and Weirdly, we feel like even a closer connection to him and you're so lucky that you got to not only know him but work with him. If this has affected you, you can always call Lifeline on 13 11 14. It's Carly and Seamus on hit.